the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. This is Casey Field, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. And welcome to another edition of City Quick Connect podcast. This edition, I'm just going to be honest with you, we're doing it from home. We had to shut down the offices at MASC because of positive coronavirus tests and out of an abundance of caution, the everyone worked from home again, but of course it was seamless last week. And the only guest that I could find that was able to call in who was not busy at all was my good friend, Scott Slatton. Welcome, who, Scott, everybody. Thank you. Who, who was also quarantined. So, right. Who was also? Go. You're actually talking to the two people. <laughs> so, yeah. Captain Roy, I'm not picking on Scott. I'm right there with him. That's right. Just full disclosure. Casey and I were the two culprits, but uh, everybody's well, and we are taking all the appropriate precautions and uh, right. looking forward to getting back into the office with everybody as soon as possible. Absolutely. And Scott, if 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 you don't mind, I would say our symptoms were mild compared to what they could have been, and so we are we're very blessed for that. Absolutely, no question, and was actually quite happy I was to find out that I was positive because of the mildness of the symptoms that I had, but obviously taking all the precautions to stay away from people outside of my home because I don't want to be responsible for harming anybody else. We know there are a lot of people who have we're suffering through this thing that are uh, much, much worse off, and uh, we want to prevent that from happening to uh, to anybody as much as we can. Absolutely. Well said. So last week in Columbia, the Senate returned on Tuesday and the House returned on Wednesday to discuss distribution, allocation of the Federal CARES Act funding, the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act passed by Congress. I'll give you a little bit of the procedural, and then Scott can go into the details on what you're getting and and how we're going to distribute that. The Senate had already received House Bill 5202 from the House back in February or March, and that was a capital that was a capital reserve funding bill. So the Senate Finance Committee proposed an amendment to strike all of the language in the capital reserve bill and replace it with a joint resolution that allocates those federal funding dollars for coronavirus relief. In addition to that committee amendment, there the Senate adopted one more amendment. I think there were four or five total. Um, The rest of them were either withdrawn or tabled, but one of those amendments passed, and it was Senator Fanning's amendment that would exempt students in South Carolina from federally mandated testing requirements. So, that was included in the joint resolution. So, Scott, you want to walk us through kind of what was in there and how does it directly impact local government? Yeah, so as everybody probably already knows, the state received has received a couple of months ago $1.9 billion, billion with a B, from the federal government through the CARES Act. And those funds were are ostensibly to be used to provide reimbursements for the response that the state, local governments, and other agencies across the state have, the expenses that they've incurred in responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. The 
money is there, it's available, and the way it was passed by the Fed, generally in other states, the governor's office uh, has been responsible for the distribution of those monies. But here in South Carolina, because we're a legislative state, as we all know, the General Assembly had to, had to well, let me back up. The governor agreed when he passed the temporary budget earlier this year, back in May, I guess, he agreed to accede to the General Assembly's involvement and distribution of those funds. So to avoid a fight with the General Assembly, government master said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree, uh, we're gonna go ahead forward with the budget and in doing so, uh, I'm gonna agree to the General Assembly distributing these funds and being responsible for them. But obviously he used his, the Accelerate SC committees to make recommendations to the General Assembly, which to their credit, they used as a part of their uh, deliberations and discussions about how to distribute the funds. So specifically within that $1.9 billion, the General Assembly has allocated $270 million to be sent to state and local agencies, cities and counties, for reimbursement of expenses. Now, the issue Scott, with that, can I ask you a question real yeah, quick? Those sure. that is not that is not a, that doesn't mean a check goes to everybody. They the city That's or right. town has to request reimbursement for expenses that were incurred between a certain period of time, right? Right, right. So back in May, the Department of Administration, South Carolina Department of Administration, sent a request to cities and counties across the state to and ask them to say ask them to tell them how much money the cities and counties had spent between March and May on coronavirus response. Forty three of the forty six counties responded to that survey. Only seventy one or seventy two of the state's two hundred and seventy one cities and towns responded. What's that Those, what's that response rate? What's that percentage response rate? I don't know not, what the percentage is, I call but it I can tell you it ain't too good. And so those 71 or 72 cities that did respond told the Department of Administration that so far between March and May, they collectively had spent about $21 million on COVID-19 response. And then the Department of Administration also asked them to tell them how much they, how much the cities expected to spend going forward. And they, the cities responded, the 71 or 72 cities responded that they anticipated to spend $32 million going forward. Now, so that's a total of $53 million that they said that they have spent or expect to spend. Well, that's a really low number, particularly when you compare yeah, it to the, to the county's numbers. Right. Here's the problem with that that we expect going forward. I, I hope this isn't the case, but the problem is that based on that response that the Department of Administration got from the cities, the General Assembly said, okay, well, I don't know that that's what the General Assembly has said, but we expect what they're going to say is there's only going to be $53 million available mm -hmm. for reimbursement of those expenses. Now, the question is, is that going to be available only to those cities that responded? Or right. is that 
$53 million is going to be made available to all 271 cities that right. they'll have to apply for. Uh, we don't know at this point. And, and this is and, all going through Department of Administration, right? Yes. The Department okay. of Administration has hired a consultant called Guidehouse. They have, a, I think, a contract for $10 million to administer the CARES Act money throughout the state. And so we're all waiting on the Department of Administration and Guidehouse to issue guidelines through a website that Guidehouse is going to create to tell us who's allowed to apply for these funds for reimbursement and how they're going to do it. Now, the other part of this is that there is no there is no federal oversight of these funds and how they're being spent on the front end. Cities and towns that receive money from the CARES Act for reimbursement are going to be responsible on their own for documenting those expenses. Now, Godhouse is going to apply its rules and its guidelines on documentation so that whenever the feds come in a year, two years, three years to audit these funds, then right. they'll have uh, a, a paper trail to, they'll have, yeah, they'll to have be a, able to they'll show have a paper what we, trail. Okay. Right. Because the, the problem is, and the great fear, of course, legitimately, is that if these monies are spent or reimbursed for ineligible expenses, then either the state or the entity that received the money on the front end is going to have to refund that back to the federal government. So and this, we don't necessarily this want reimbursement to do process, the request for reimbursement, what you're saying is this should be done very carefully and with every bit of documentation of purchase or of that, payment. That's exactly right. And there is there is lots of guidance at the federal level that's linked on our website for what is an eligible expense to be reimbursed out of the CARES Act. That, that Scott, can be what's, that, what, what's that website address again? The website address is www.masc.sc. Okay, thank so you. So go there and search for CARES Act, and you'll be able to find guidance on what the funds will reimburse in terms of expenses that you have incurred or that you might incur before the end of this year, before the end of 2020, December 31st, that's the other part. This $1.9 billion has got to be spent by the end of the year. Our hope is that the federal government and Congress at some point are going to extend that deadline, but as yet we're not aware that uh, that there's any intent to do that. So you got to – Is, there, um, is there some kind of second wave of funding or is there some kind of – like you got this disbursement, is there another one coming? No, it's not imminent. There have been a number of efforts in the House in Congress and the Senate in Congress to provide additional monies specifically for local governments, state and local governments, but there's there's no movement at this point on any one proposal that would uh, that would push more money out. The president initially was supportive perhaps of some additional funds, but over the last few weeks, he has uh, he's expressed his opposition to putting more money out. And of course, with with all of the other issues that uh, Congress is facing, in particular with the protests and the uh, need to have the discussion on race uh, right. and police reforms that are being proposed, they uh, they've kind of turned their attention elsewhere. So 
we'll just have to wait and see. But what we can do is deal with the CARES Act money that's in hand, that's in the state. Right. And, and we plan uh, on pushing out as soon as Department of Administration and their consultant, as, as soon as they get the process for reimbursement. And I'm assuming, maybe I'm assuming too much here, but I'm assuming that it would be online. Um, yes, and be. they And they will get those links and all that information out, and we will put all that in one email and send it out as soon as we can. Is that fair game? Absolutely, yeah. We okay. will make that – we will distribute that information as widely as and as often as we can so that cities and towns can begin applying. You know, I'll, I, I want to express great appreciation for those cities and towns that responded to the Department of, of Administration's request. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the very poor response that DOA got is likely going to come back and bite us. It's really – I can't express how important it is for city and town officials to respond to these things when they're being asked right. uh, by either the municipal association or by a state agency like that because, as we now know – of course, we already knew – but as we are being demonstrated to now – the General Assembly uses that information to make its decisions, and state agencies use that information to make decisions. So that's right. If, that's right. If we don't, if we don't provide a robust response, we're not going to get a robust answer, huh? The, that's right. We won't get right. the outcomes that we're that we're looking for. And to that end, uh, we have the Municipal Association put out a similar request uh, for about a week now mm-hmm. for cities and towns to respond and tell us what they have spent, what they expect to spend, because we right. need that that information as the legislative team to carry with us to the General Assembly come January when and if there's opportunities for more funding to come forward. And if we right. don't have good information to share with legislators, then they're they're not going to give us a good outcome. So and that's I can't, in, I can't that's express in how important email. it is. That is in yes. an email. So if you're listening to this and you think, God, I haven't checked my city email in a long time, or I haven't, you know, I, I might want to do that. And we found that some folks, some of these emails are getting lost in email boxes. So if you don't mind, if you're listening to this, go through your email and check to see anything from the Municipal Association. Look and see what it is, what it says, and if it's requesting information, please get that back to us. It's so, it's just like Scott said, it is so important. Yeah, I, I understand that everybody gets a lot of emails, and sometimes yeah. you may even get you may even get more emails from us than you care to. But right. you know, it's important that you pay attention to those. So that's that's the CARES Act. We don't okay. know a whole lot about how it's going to get how it's going to go, but we will learn more going forward, and we'll push that out as soon as uh, as soon as we hear it. And just also as an FYI, there is um, fifty million. In the in disbursements from the CARES Act funding for broadband yep. mapping, planning, infrastructure, and mobile hotspots, I think they plan to give out mobile hotspots to areas that need it, especially if the schools are going to have to do e-learning. If they do e-learning, if they do in-person or some sort of um, mixture of the two, come fall, there is money in there for that. There's money in there for hospital relief. The dome that went out last week has all this stuff listed out. You can see exactly where there's more money for testing and monitoring. There is more money going in the South Carolina Department of Employment and Workforce Unemployment Trust Fund. So there there are a lot of other things other than the reimbursements for cities yeah. and counties. 
Yeah, I think that's important to point out that the General Assembly put $500 million, a half a billion dollars of CARES Act money back into the Unemployment Trust Fund so that they would the General Assembly would not have to raise unemployment insurance rates on businesses, which includes cities and towns, for that matter. Scott, um, that's a great point. Speaking of businesses, can we yeah. talk for two seconds about the business liability debate? Yeah, so the the State Chamber of Commerce and, and, a, and a group of other business interests have been interested in pushing the General Assembly or have been, not just interested, but they have been pushing the General Assembly to take up some legislation that would provide liability relief to businesses across the state from employees or anybody else who might seek to sue a business civilly to recover damages if they caught the COVID-19 virus as a result of being at work or being in that business or whatever. The God, House, is that, I've also heard it called safe harbor. Is that the same thing? I, yeah, a little bit different. Be, yeah, I think you could probably call it that. The, right. There was a House committee that met on that week before last, not last week, but the week prior to the General Assembly coming back last week, where they discussed that language. Of course, cities and towns are already covered under the Tort Liability Act to, to limit the amount of damages that people could receive from cities and towns, the 300000 and the $600,000 limits on tort liability. So we, you know, the, the, the Municipal Association has not participated in those discussions with those business interests because of the tort claims coverage that we already have. However, right. uh, there was, as a part of that discussion by that House committee, there was some discussion of language to allow first responders a a presumption that they have had contracted COVID-19 as a result of their work for workers' comp purposes. So the, the workers' comp law right now does not uh, allow for a claim to be made if you catch a communicable disease and, and have that made as a workers' comp claim. The communicable diseases are, are not covered. But this discussion included changing that law to say that if a first responder contracted COVID-19, then it would be automatically presumed that he or she contracted it as a result of their work as a first responder. You know, obviously, cities and towns want to make sure that their first responders are taken care of and are protected. That would be a very difficult thing for cities and towns to manage going forward. And so... While while we certainly are interested in making sure that first responders are protected, there also needs to be some opportunity for cities and towns as an employer to rebut the claim that the first responder may have received, gotten, contracted it as a result of their work. That language is not in a bill form yet. It has not been introduced. That goes, same thing goes for the liability protection. But right. just know that those are discussions that are being had by some members of the General Assembly, and there there is some interest in, you know, to keep an eye on that. Talk to your House members and your senators going forward about the workers' comp piece in particular and the potential financial effect that that would have on cities and towns. Not to say that we are – that cities and towns as employers should oppose some protection for first responders, but – 
We all need to make sure that legislators understand the fiscal effects that any changes like that would have going forward. And, and of course, we already know that cities and towns are going to be facing a number of fiscal challenges with regard to revenue loss and, and increased expenses, particularly in next year's budget and beyond. So, But that needs right. to be had as a part of that discussion. Our, our budget issues, while we may not have an exorbitant amount, a lot, of reimbursements from March to June, it's the future that we're looking toward in future budgets. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I think everybody okay. needs to be everybody needs to be concerned about not necessarily this fiscal year, but the fiscal year ending twenty one and particularly going into twenty twenty two if the economy doesn't get the opportunity to recover. So the General Assembly is in recess technically. They will they plan right now to come back in September for two weeks. And at that point, we expect, we hope, we're planning on, we're working toward having the business license bill come back up during that two-week session. So please look for us over the summer. We um, have our virtual annual meeting on Friday, July 17th. There is going to be some great, great videos and great workshops to watch on your computer from the comfort of your home that really are going to be extraordinary, great information, lots of great people, great discussions. And then we are having our regional advocacy meetings, but they are virtual this year to protect everybody, basically from Scott and I, but to protect everybody to keep the coronavirus from spreading any further. We will do virtual uh, regional advocacy meetings. So you will be getting emails and information about those, how to register, and when they are for your area. We'll talk a lot about business licensing during those meetings online, and we'll give everybody updates and let everybody know what's going on with that in the September session. Scott, what else? I think that about covers it. I think that's Fantastic. Fantastic. I think it's plenty. I think it's plenty. Everybody, please stay safe and stay healthy. If you need us, we are all just a phone call, a text message, an email away. If you need anything, check your email, respond to surveys, wear a mask, wash your hands, and stay healthy. Scott, anything else to add? That's it. Everybody take care. Take care. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.